Hi Church, it's Phil here. It's great to have you with us today. Welcome to Zion at Home. Look, this morning, it's my privilege to introduce you to a new friend of mine. His name is Pastor Steve Jafares. He is from Hamilton. Uh, many in our church know him when he was leading a church in Hamilton, uh, but he's now involved with Activate Church. He's part of the Activate community and developing team and leadership and people and ministry. Uh, and he's part of the Activate community, Activate Church Hamilton. Uh, but look, I've asked Pastor Steve to come and share a message today, and this church, you need to listen, this is a Rima word for our church. It's a Rima word of encouragement for us right now. So I'm praying that you're blessed as Pastor Steve ministers to you, as he encourages you. May you open your heart and your ears to hear from God this morning, and I pray God's richest blessing on you. Come on, let's get Pastor Steve sharing his word today. Hey church, it's great to be with you today. My name's Steve, and um, it's an honour to be able to speak to you wherever you are today, whether you're in your lounge room, whether you're um, uh, going for a walk somewhere, whether you're still in bed and you're watching this, it's great to be joining with you today. I'm in the building, and I want to take a moment just to thank Pastor Phil and Kathy. Uh, it's an honour to be able to be able to speak into your house today. Also, um, have some friends here at Zion. I've been, we've been very blessed uh, from, so we want to thank you. Um, and um, I want to encourage you that there's a great season ahead of us and we're excited about it. As I said before, my name's Steve. Um, I married so well. I married a lady called Marama. Um, she is beautiful, she is intelligent, and she owns an island. My wife is from an island called Moititi Island. If you go to Papamoa Beach over in Mount Monganui and you look straight out there, there's an island out on the horizon there, 10 kilometers long, called Moititi Island. That's my wife's family are from there. And I'm so blessed that we get to go there, we get to holiday there and be part of those things. I have two kids. Um, my son, his name's Tipine. He is uh, 24. Um, he's just a creative genius, so proud of him. My daughter, she's 21 and she's got me wrapped around her finger. She's amazing. And, uh, but I want to let you talk to you for a moment just about the island. When I first went to the island, um, I discovered something very quickly, uh, that my wife was brought up around the sea and I wasn't. One day, uh, her and her sister said to me, hey, we're gonna go snorkeling, do you wanna come? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Never done it before. I discovered that they'd, uh, they'd snorkeled and dived in different um, tropical locations around the world, and um, I was my first time ever. They took us down to the point and we jumped into the sea and uh, we went started snorkeling. I was freaking out just being able to hear my own breath. I don't know if you've ever done that. And so we're in the water, there's all the seaweed, my heart rate's up, and they're just cool and they're just calm and they're just diving. They showed me a few things and started to relax a little bit until it was like this cloud came over top of us as we were snorkeling. I realized it was this massive stingray. I panicked, swallowed water, <laughs> did a whole lot of things like that. I know you're not like that, but I'm just letting you know my journey. And my wife and her sister did something really strange. They followed the stingray. I was like, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. It's massive and I'm already scared, let alone stuck here. And so slowly they were getting out of my distance, uh, out of my view, being able to see this, uh, following the stingray. I was like, I can't follow the stingray. I, my, my, there's like alarm bells going off in my head until I realized that I was just about couldn't see them and I was in the middle of nowhere. 
Now, I don't know if you have many fears, but one of my fears is being in the sea when I can't see the bottom. And I realized that's where I was. I started to hear the sound. I wasn't actually there, but it was the sound of a cello. I don't know if you've ever heard a cello when you've been in the sea, but it sounds a little bit like this. I was thinking, man, I've got to get out of here because I, I started off well. I thought I was going to conquer the snorkeling thing. I had a panic moment. I found myself in the middle and all I could hear was jaws. So I decided to follow after my wife and, and, her, uh, and my sister-in-law and, um, and found them patting a stingray. That was the day my wife's Māori, my, fam my wife's family are Māori. That was the day I found out that Māori think if you can't eat it, you should pat it. And here I was watching them freaking out, was so pleased when I got out of the water. Today the message is called the middle. What happens when you find yourself in the middle? You started off well maybe, or maybe you got yourself into a position, but then all of a sudden it was kind of like, uh, 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 and you find yourself in the middle. I want to speak to you about that today. It says this in Joshua 3 and verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. If you know this story, it's one of my favorite stories, is that about God's people getting ready to go into the promised land and they had something to go through something to be able to step into it. Now the Jordan is in flood stage all during the harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan with their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap in a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on firm ground in the middle. Say the middle with me today. One, two, three, the middle. They stood in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed uh, the crossing on dry ground. And then in Joshua 4 and verse 10, it says this. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came up the other side while the people watched. As I said today, the message is called The Middle. Say it with me one more time. Wherever you are, it might be a little bit awkward. If you're in a cafe, just say it quietly. But just say with me, on the count of three, The Middle. One, two, three, The Middle. You know what? I reckon often we're excited about stepping out and having a shot at something new, me snorkeling. And we step out and we're quite good at that. Kiwis, we're quite good at having a shot. But we often find ourselves in the middle. In the scriptures, it says that there's two crossings that we, uh, we can see in the Old Testament that we need to make. These two crossings that we need to step over. The first one is when Moses led the people out of slavery into the wilderness, out of slavery, into the journey. And they had to go through the Red Sea. And so the Red Sea was parted so they could go out of a place of slavery 
into a place of journey, the place of the wilderness. Oh man, I'm so pleased God does that for me. In a place of slavery in my life, maybe these habits, maybe these things, maybe this past, and I need to get out of those things. And God wants to lead us into a new place, and we have to go through a crossing to be able to get there. And maybe for you today, that's the message for you. Don't stay in that place of slavery. It's time for you to cross over. The second one is the one we've been reading about today, is where we go from the place of journey into the place of promise. I'm not sure about you, but I want to live in the promises of God. I want you to live in the promises of God. I want our nation and the nations to live in the promises of God. So not only do we want to see people come out of slavery, yes, we're all about that, but we also, we don't want to just live in the wilderness, we want to step into the promises of God. And I believe there's a message for you. I believe there's a message for this church that God wants to step into us to step into a place of promise in that way. We're good, as I said before, as Kiwis stepping out, but sometimes when we get stuck in the middle, it's hard. As I said before, we hear that sound. What do we do now? How do I get here? Was this even a good idea? Pastor Phil, what do we do? And we find ourselves in that position of standing in the middle. Maybe here today, that's how you feel. You might be a leader here. And you feel like, man, I've been, I stepped out and I'm here and I'm just believing for great, great things. Well, I want to speak to you today. Maybe you just knew on this journey and you've stepped out and you've been believing for things, but they haven't happened yet. I want to speak to you today. Wherever you are, I'm believing that God's going to take us into a season of promise. Because it can feel hard in the middle. It can feel scary in the middle. It feel like we're carrying the weight in the middle. It can feel tiresome in the middle. But there's something godly about standing in the middle. See, what happened is that the priests, they had to get up earlier than anybody else. They had to get prepared before everybody else. And they had to carry the Ark of the Covenant. They had to carry the presence of, the God, uh, of God on themselves and step into what God was going to do. And I reckon you're like that. For your family, it's like you have to go first. You had to believe first. You had to pray first. And you're believing and you're stepped into the middle. And man, your mum still hasn't given her heart to the Lord. Your brother still hasn't. Your kids have turned away and you're believing for them to come back. And you're standing in the middle. But that is kind of what we're asked to do. These priests, they step in to this raging flood. Isn't it amazing that it's not like the quiet season? It's like when everything seems to be like out of control, God asks us to step in on behalf of others. And maybe that's how it's feeling like for you today. You go, hey, Pastor Phil, it'd be great if we just wait for another season when everything's not so crazy. But God says, hey, it was the flood season. Would you step out now? And they step in. They step into dry ground, which is a, another message for another day, but I need to let you know that's a miracle right there. And then they stand in the middle while we're waiting for four million people to cross over. I don't know how long it takes to get 400 4 million people from one side to the other, but we live in a nation where it takes us a long time to 
get four million people to do anything. And, and we're trying to get people into the promised land. So they're standing in the middle going, come on guys, you can do it. Come on guys, move along. Come on nanny, make your way, get that rocker, your, your walker across there. Hey kids, stop playing with the starfish. Would you just hurry up because we want to get into the promised land. All of the soldiers had to come through. All of the cattle had to come through. All of the families had to come through. Come on guys, we're standing in the middle. This is hard work. This is standing, this, man, I'm feeling the weight of carrying the presence of God is weighing on me in this season. And, and they find themselves in this place in the middle. And maybe that's where you're at today. I know on my journey, I find myself there often, sometimes in massive ways and sometimes in small ways. But whatever it is, it's, I'm so blessed that you're standing in the middle. And I reckon God is proud of you for stepping out and stepping into the position so that others can step into the promised land. What can happen is while we're standing in the middle, we can start to lose the vision of why we're there. And so sometimes when we're standing there and we start seeing everyone else getting healed and everyone else getting their miracles and everyone else getting their new jobs and everyone else getting their favour and everyone else stepping into their promise, Man, it can feel even harder because it's like, hey, I was the first one and I stepped out and now everyone else is getting into it. But man, again, thank you so much that you're praying for people and you're believing for people and you're stepping out. And maybe you're new on this journey or maybe you've got a bit tired, but it's time for us to be the church who does stand in the middle for others. Maybe last time it was hard. Maybe you got into that spot like me. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like, I don't want to go back there again. But you know what? If others can live in the promises of God because of the way that you live, man, that's an amazing, amazing thing. And as others step into their promises, others get their healings, as others step into those things, sometimes we can forget why we stepped out in the first place. But can I encourage you? God's so blessed that you would have stepped out. Maybe you need to step out again in a new way. Maybe here, Zion. There's some things that we need to step out in a new way so that others can step into their promises. Guess what, guys? We get to step into it too. Don't worry about that. Because of the part that you play, because of the role that you hold, because of the atmosphere that you create, the team that you are part of, the practice that you put in, the songs that you write, the encouragement that you bring, the early morning starts, the leads that you roll up on the stage, the prayers that you pray, the faith that you inspire, the prayers, presence that you carry, many will get to go into the presence of God. We get the best job of being able to stand in the middle. Because of those who stand in the middle, miracles happen. I've got to tell you, just real quickly, is that when miracles happen, someone always stands in the middle for it. When we first planted the church in Hamilton, oh man, I've got to tell you, it wasn't very big and I knew every new person. There was a guy that came one Sunday, I knew he was new because I knew everybody else. And he sat on about the second row because there was only three rows. And, and I could see him, he looked a little bit awkward in the, in the gathering. I thought, man, I hope he's all right. And after the gathering, I went and talked to him and I said, hey, uh, what's your name? And he said, my name is Jack. And I said, hey, Jack, you're doing all right? And he goes, oh man, I was playing rugby yesterday and I broke my ribs. He said, I went to the doctor and they 
they, uh, they said, oh, look, you've broken this rib and you've got broken this rib. He goes, Steve, I haven't been able to sleep. I haven't been able to eat. I haven't been able to laugh. I haven't been able to, you know, you just can't do it. If you've broken a rib, you know what I'm talking about. And, and he's like, man, I'm so tired and I'm sitting here and I'm trying to worship, you know, like that's where he was. And, and so I was just talking with him and, and I felt like God say, tell him to run around the lake now. Where our church was, there was a lake outside, and so uh, not a big lake, maybe take you about five minutes to walk around it, so not massive. And, um, and I felt like God saying to me, Steve, would you pray, tell him to run around the lake, I'm going to heal him. And I was like, um, now, just for a moment, because I know you've got way more faith than me, but I was like, God, I just want him to come back. <laughs> I don't want him to think that I'm this weird guy that's telling people to run around lakes, and you know, I'm having this conversation in my head while I'm saying things to Jack, you know, and, and I'm just going back and forth with God, no God, no God, why, that's awkward, can you give me something easier? And then finally, I said to him, hey Jack, I reckon God's going to heal you. But I feel like, and then I started to apologize for God. I know you would never do this, but I did. I was like, you know, I don't usually do this. You know, God's not usually really weird and strange and all that kind of thing, but I do feel like God's asking me to ask you to run around the lake. Now remember, he's got broken ribs, he can't sleep, he can't eat, he can't, he can't do anything. He's finding it hard to stand up, he, he doesn't want to sneeze. Oh, sneezing with ribs is terrible. And, uh, and, and I said to him, so, so I feel like God's going to heal you if you're just running around the lake. And he said, yes. And I was like, whew. And, uh, and so we went outside and, and um, I remember him starting to run because every step he'd take, he'd go, ow, ow. <laughs> when I was standing there, I was going, oh, please, God, do something. Now, I was quite concerned because what I was thinking was on the other side of the lake is the car park, and I just thought he was going to run to his car and would never see him again. But about three, four minutes later, here comes Jack running around the other side of the lake, and he's not saying ow any longer. I said to him, mate, what happened? He goes, about halfway around the lake, my ribs stopped hurting. About halfway around the lake, I felt like, oh, actually, this is... Oh, I think maybe, and he ran around the lake and we were, we were standing here, just thought that was amazing. I think, you know, that's pretty cool. We were pretty excited about that. Thank you, Jesus. The next day, uh, he, uh, that night, he slept right throughout the night. No problems at all. No problems at all. Uh, he went to the doctor the next day and he said to the doctor, hey, you know what? Um, I, uh, I was in here the other day. I got some x-rays and you told me I had some broken ribs. Um, but man, I'm feeling really good. The doctor was, it was a different doctor. The doctor took some more x-rays and was looking at the x-rays and he was like, uh, uh, well, these, uh, they didn't have the old ones. They, they, he was like, well, as you can see on here, there's no broken ribs. And he goes, okay, so I was here the other day, I had broken ribs and now I'm here and there's no broken ribs. And the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, look, there's no broken ribs here. But you can see that once upon a time you did have broken ribs and you can see where they've been healed. And he was like, no, 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 but I had broken ribs on Saturday and I don't have broken ribs on Monday. And the doctor was like, yeah, no, you can see here, once upon a time they were broken, but now he knows that he had never, ever broken ribs before in his life because when you're broken ribs, you know. And as he took the x-ray and he walked out to the car, he realized that he had a miracle, that he had broken ribs and they've been healed. Why am I telling you the story? Because it's awkward when you're standing in the middle. When God gives you a word and you're like, oh God, please give me another one. Not around the lake. I don't want to put someone through pain, asking them to run around the lake when they're gone. And sometimes it's hard to stand in the middle. But that's where God shows up. And that's where people step into their promises. 
Just real quickly, before we finish today, I want to let you know of a couple of things that happen when we stand in the middle. When we stand in the middle, sometimes it's a place of testing. It says this in Genesis 2 and verse 9. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that are pleasing to the eye for good, for good, uh, and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the trees of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In Genesis 30, uh, 3 and verse 3 it says, But God did say, You must not eat the fruit, fruit, the fruit, no, the fruit, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. In Luke 22 and verse 54, it says, Then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter, followed at distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I do not know him. Do you know what? Sometimes when we're in the middle... And we think, man, why is every, all of this happening? There's a test going on. I want to let you know, I don't really like tests. You know, like you can't ask questions. <laughs> the whole, it feels like you're a little bit awkward when you're in an exam. You've done all of the work, but you're in the test. But the reason you're in the test is so you can qualify for the next season. And if you're in a test, feeling like you're in a test right now, it's because God's about to qualify you for what's, about, uh, what's next for you. I'm excited for that. Would you hold on? Would you keep going? Would you stand in the middle for those around you because God's about to qualify you for a new day? The second thing that happens in the middle is it's a place of sacrifice. 1 Kings 8 and verse 64 says, On the same day the king consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord. And there, the, uh, and there he offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and fat fellowship offerings. That's when Solomon dedicated the temple. In John 9 and verse 18 it said, Here they crucified him, who? Jesus. And with him and two others, one on either side and Jesus in the middle. Sometimes when we find ourselves in the middle, it's a place of sacrifice. But you know what I've discovered? Is sacrifice is a place of worship. Every time there's sacrifice, that's a place where I'm saying, God, I'm doing this because I worship you. And so maybe your middle for you is a place where you're about to uh, be qualified for a new season or maybe it's a place of worship it feels like sacrifice but i want to say change your mind say god this is a place of worship for you the third place is the place of restoration in ezekiel 37 and 1 it says the hand of the lord is upon me and he brought me out by the spirit into the uh, of the lord and set me in the middle of the valley uh, it was full of bones and he led me back and forth among them and I saw the great many bones on the floor of the valley and the bones that were very dry and he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? In verse 10 it said, so I prophesied as he had commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and they stood on their feet, a vast army. You know, sometimes when we're in a place of the middle, we're in a place of restoration and vision. God's going to breathe in in a whole new way. I'm believing for this church. God is breathing in in a whole new way. And the fourth one is a place of miracles. I talked about it with Jack. You've got to sometimes be in those places of miracle, uh, in the middle, for God to do a miracle. In Judges 7 and verse 19, it says that Gideon and a hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp and the beginning of the middle watch. 
Just after they had changed the guard, they blew their trumpets and they broke their jars that were in their hand and a breakthrough come. But they had to be in the middle. Second Samuel 23, it says next to him was Shammah, son of his dad, because I can't say his name properly. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was full of a field full of lentils, Israel's troop fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. And he defended it and struck down the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Sometimes in the middle, it's a place of miracles. I want to encourage you. I'm believing miracles are starting to happen today. I'm believing God's going to do a miracle through for you. Maybe you've been in a season where you feel like, man, I'm stuck in the middle. Thank you. You're amazing. We're going to see promises. And we're going to see breakthrough come in a whole new way. I want to encourage you today. That God has miracles for you. I've written down here today. I've been praying about it. But I'm believing God's going to do miracles here in this church. There's someone here at the moment. And in the middle of the night you wake up and you've got fear upon your life. I'm believing God's going to break that off your life. You're going to sleep better than you've ever slept before. There's people in this church here that are struggling with depression and anxiety. I'm going to pray that you're going to come out of a place of slavery. Because you've been bound to those things. And God's going to do a miracle in you. There's people here today, man, you have been so faithful doing some amazing things. I want to thank you for that. And I'm prophesying today that we're about to see a new season come while you've stood in the middle, while you've been doing all of the things, carrying all of that weight, God's about to move. There's people here, you've been praying for your family. God's about to do a miracle. I want to encourage you into that in an incredible way. I want to encourage you today, there's people here that are starting to become qualified. Remember the tests? Qualified. There's people here and say, hey, you know what? This is not a burden. This is an opportunity for me to worship. There's people here today. God's about to breathe on your life, on your businesses. There's someone's business here today. God's about to breathe on in a whole, whole new way. It's felt like the last little season you've been stuck in the middle. And God's about to breathe life into it in a new place. And there's people here today that God's about to do miracles. Breakthrough is coming. Victory is coming. God's stepping in in a whole new way. If you're here this morning, you've been listening to this message, can I encourage you? If you feel like you've been sitting in the middle, standing in the middle, carrying in the middle, God's so proud of you. He's so blessed by you. Would you keep standing while the millions can go into the promised land? But guess what? We're all going to be able to step into the promises as well. Don't give up now. Use it as a place of worship that you would be asked to step into those areas. Maybe it's in the school that you're teaching. Maybe it's in the area of your family. Maybe it's in a business arena. Maybe it's in a sports team. Whatever it is, come on, we stand in the middle so others can go into their promises. Maybe you're here today. We've been worshipping God. We've been reading from his word today. The reason that we do that is because we believe in God. And we believe his story leads to the picture of Jesus coming as the hope of the world, as our saviour, as our PC. He's our healer. He's amazing. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Jesus we've been talking about. Or maybe you just got a little bit distracted in the last season. I'd love to take a moment to pray with you. You're saying, hey, you know what? I want to make sure my relationship with God is right. Well, in a moment, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you're here today and you say, hey, Steve, would you count me in that prayer? It would be my greatest honor to do that with you today. So we're going to pray this prayer. And you say, hey, you know, I've got off track a little bit lately. Maybe you're saying, hey, for the first time, I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. As I pray this prayer, I want you to claim that over your life as well. We're going to pray. Mighty God, we thank you that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that you have a promise for us. 
Lord, you want to lead us out of slavery and you want to take us into the promised land. Lord, we thank you that you see us. You know exactly where we are. If we're in the middle, if we're in the back, if we're in the front, wherever we are, you know exactly where we are and you know our cries. In fact, it says in your Bible that you hear the cries of your people and you have come down. And today we need you. Lord, we need you to be our saviour. We need you to be our Lord. We need you to be our healer. We need you to be our everything. So today, Lord, we say we turn back to you. Or for the first time, we're coming to you. Lord, would you refresh us? Would you save us? We turn away from our old ways. We turn away from the things we've been doing and we turn to you. We say be our Lord and Saviour today. Be our hope, Lord. We give ourselves to you. Help us to be those who would stand in the middle so that us and others can step into the promises in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much for having me. Have an amazing week.